This is Work in the Beat. It is Wednesday, March 18th, 2020. I'm Kevin Cooney along with Mike Kern. Glad you could join us here on the quarantine edition. Mr. Kern and I are practicing social distancing, and uh, he is at his house. I am at my house. Uh, we will have Joe Giuliano joining us shortly uh, to discuss a lot of things, uh, a lot of topics, the NCAA tournament, which Joe would have been getting ready for next week or this week, starting tomorrow. Um, that obviously is not taking place. He would have been covering the pen relays next month. That is not taking place. Joe has also covered Olympics. So we could also talk to him about the IOC, which is the last bastion standing to continue sports as normal. Uh, Mr. Kern, how are you? Yeah, well, there is no beat to work. That's true. So um, <laughs> literally, and, and- I got to tell you, Kev, and Joe also would have been covering a golf event uh, in Philadelphia at the Cricket Club in Flowertown in May. That's that has off. Been, that's, yeah, I mean, that's just canceled. Um, and there, I, I, I'm going to tell you right now, and I don't know if people, you know, you get this whole thing about are people overreacting, underreacting, you go back and forth a million different ways. Um. This is not going away. This is not a two-week thing. No. If people think they're going, like, like we're because that's what everybody says, two weeks. Okay, fine. And I understand that. This is more like a two- or three-month thing at minimum. Mm-hmm. And I think people better start wrapping their arms around that. Like, And that doesn't mean that you're going to be in your house all by yourself for two or three months. But... um. You know, like I, I drove past, you know, I mean, obviously I've been out shopping. You know, I have, you know, you have to go, you've been out shopping. Yeah. So you could run into people there. I, I mean, mm. you know, who knows? I drove past my diner that I go to a couple times a week for breakfast. All they can do is takeout. You know, I'm not getting takeout breakfast. I drove past another place. I actually stuck my head in just to say hi. They were doing takeout. My friend who has a hoagie shop up at, um, um, Woodhaven Mall, you know, they're doing um, takeout, but they always did takeout. Mm-hmm. And I found it interesting yesterday that, and maybe I shouldn't say this, but what the hell, a few police officers came in to get something and apparently said something, at least my, my, my take on it, that they wanted to sit there and eat. And the guy said, well, you can't. Now, now police officer, and I'm not knocking police officers. No. They should know you can't sit there and eat. <clears throat> <laughs> but people are going to lose... I know when I saw some people I knew Monday at the diner, waitresses and stuff, they are really afraid of what this economic thing and then is going to be. And I am one of the fortunate people. I hope you are too. I'm better off than the 95% of the population probably in my own little world. Right. It, it, you know, I could go, you know, I have enough wherewithal. Um, we're going to be fine in that regard. People aren't right. People. And I saw, you know, what the president's trying to do yesterday. And I guess you have to try to do something. I mean, you're going to have to, but even big businesses, little businesses, people will get lost. People will fall between the cracks and all this because it's inevitable. Um, and then you see pictures of people who are, um, like going on spring break in Florida or going to pubs in Nashville, Tennessee. I, I don't, I don't know, profess to know what to tell people to do or not do. Um, just doing what I'm doing and what they're trying to tell me to do. But I even tweeted out yesterday that, you know, I don't need a thousand dollars from the government. I mean, yeah. Could I use it that? Sure. I'll take but it. There, 
If they're going to give me money, though, but I'm saying I would rather see the people that really need it get it. Well, and, and that's the question. I don't know how you do that. Well, and that's the question. I mean, how do you know who really needs it? Obviously, one of the things, if you listen to uh, what was said yesterday by Secretary of Treasury Steve Mnuchin um, in the press conference was people under uh, people who make over a million dollars a year, well, they're not going to get $1,000, but they're trying to get into the what they view as the middle class, and that's obviously what's going to be discussed, I would imagine, in the next week or two. You're right. I mean, the economic impact of this is enormous. I mean, it, it, it because... And, you know, you and I talked about this last week before the show uh, and before really the crap hit the fan, you know, uh, you know, the NCAA tournament had suspended spectators. It was like in that on that Thursday when everything was kind of in between. And I said, look, like, I'll take education for one. OK, <clears throat> I'll take higher education. And, you know, we've grown used to brick and mortar being so much of the way education is. Well, you know, you're going to have a lot of small colleges go out of business who can't afford to necessarily refund all of the room and board uh, payments right away. They don't necessarily have that money like on hand to send back to students. Um, you know, there's a lot of small colleges where the education bubble was bursting anyway. Um, and I think you're going to see some colleges go out of business because of this. Um, Kevin, there are so many levels to this. Oh, it's unbelievable. Even. We haven't even begun. But think about this. Last We did it last Thursday. Right. It's been less than a week since Rudy Gobert tested positive. Yeah, a week ago tonight. Think about how much has changed in a week. No Kentucky Derby until September. Uh, and, and I'm telling you, you I, I'm not saying this for I – don't, I don't know how you can have an Olympics. You can't. I just don't know how. You can keep saying you're going to. You, you can can't. Keep doing but even if, let's say, on – uh, and May 1st is not going to be the date either. I mean, they're already talking now about the NBA maybe not having a season because of the four nets that just taste, tested positive and that there's just too many things, you know, that would have to happen to make that happen. Mm-hmm. But if, let's say, middle of June, let's just say for sake of argument, things are semi-back to normal. And I don't know if that means somebody throws up a red flag and says, hey, things are semi-back to normal. It's mid-June. Like, are you really going to have, and, and, and aside from all the other issues about how you qualify or how, whatever, are you really going to have an event of that magnitude, people coming from all over the world, um, from African nations, from South American nations, from North America, from wherever? I just don't, I just don't see. Well, and, and Mike, there's another point of this too, and, and we'll get into this with Joe a little bit. Um, there's no need. You know, it's simple to say, Look, we're pushing this back a year. You know, like the infrastructure is there. You just delay it because there's no place to move it. You can't move it to like Sydney. They have their issues. They can't move yeah, it. But to I London. don't know, Kevin, if it's as easy as just saying, I agree with you. I, I, it's easy I, for us to say that. But then, like, you know, do you go to NBC or whoever's? I, I mean, I don't know. I, I get it in a perfect world. You just say, it's hey, July programming for NBC. It shouldn't be a big problem. I mean, you're no, no, but I'm saying, but you know what I'm saying. I mean, as far as people having flights, yeah. hotel, whatever. I mean, the, the European, the big European soccer tournament. Yeah, you're a 2020 got postponed, right. which is a big deal in Europe. It I is. Mean, that's, that's huge. But I mean, Just I talk of the Ryder Cup now being postponed a year, which has yeah, happened I mean, before after 9/11. Yeah, which would put it, but then put it back on Sega schedule. <laughs> right, but then you then you'd have to push the president's cup back. I'm, I'm sure they can do all those things. 
things because Ryder Cup used to be in even numbered years anyway, or was it right. no odd numbered years? Then it went. But what I'm, I even think as cavalier as, as people were sounding, I think the NFL season, not that it's going to be in jeopardy, because I'm hoping that by then, but it might not be the same, or it might not be, you know, teams might not be going to training camp in July, or not that that's any great loss. Um, OTAs are already pretty much washed out. Yeah, but I mean, and, and I know the NFL is trying to keep that face on, like, you know, we're doing business as usual. I get it. Because um, they're the only business going on right now, pretty much. But I just think that people didn't really, even like even me, put me back a week ago, or a week, a little over, and I'm saying, okay, well, you got to have tournaments without people. Mm-hmm. I mean, that to me was like a given, and that was the first step they took. But the NBA never took that step. They went right, you know, because of the guy. But I'm just saying how, how much in a week. And think about the mixed messages, and I'm not blaming anybody here. We all got overtaken. Certain, but I mean, your mayor, my mayor, our, yeah, your, our your mayor. mayor too, came out last Saturday, Friday or Saturday, and said, "Go out and eat." You yeah. know, support. A day and a half later, was telling you, "Well, no, you shouldn't be doing that." And you should. Well, what's the message there? And I understand they're worried about, you know, politics. I mean, for once, a day ago or two days ago, the president finally sounded like he got it. Mm-hmm. Like it was certain that you know you could see the look on his face. But it took him a long time to get there. Right. And he wasn't the only one. No. You know, it's exactly. It's but I just think that we don't realize the magnitude of this. No. Let- and, and, you know, not just, I don't want you getting sick or me getting sick or your friend. But I'm talking about, like you were talking about, all the the financial and social well, We've gone from a booming course. economy, at least in theory, to probably into a recession. And and that's oh something. no probably no I mean no probably yeah about it. um let's switch gears a little bit before we get Joe on uh obviously the NFL has had a lot of news and the big Eagles news of yesterday um or was it Tom Tuesday. Brady's not coming here oh uh, oh that's one uh, we'll get <laughs> to the Brady stuff on the other side of Joe but uh, Malcolm Jenkins um Malcolm Jenkins is gone and um they pretty much have decided whether they're saying it this way or not. They chose Rodney McLeod over Malcolm Jenkins, and they chose moving Jalen Mills, the safety, over Rodney Jenkins. Does this surprise you? Well, I'm guessing Jenkins would have cost a lot more money in in the overall, and he's older. I mean, this kind of goes back to the Joe Banner thinking, you know, when they got rid of Dawkins. Um, You know, and everybody can go back and revise history. Oh, well, they should have kept Dawkins. But the contract Dawkins got offered, by Denver was like, you know, out of whack. And Dawkins was kind of at the end of his career. You could go back to the linebacker that they let go um, the, the year, was it, was it Seth? That they, who did they let go? No, not Seth. Trotter. Um, Trotter that they let go. They have know, a certain they had a certain price and they weren't going over it. Yeah, and that you could make the argument that if Trotter was on the 2002 team, they, they win the Super, Bowl. the Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I'm just, I mean, this is the NFL now. People, you know, we saw a lot of weird moves. I mean, Jim O'Brien should be. Bill O'Brien. Bill Bill O'Brien. I don't know what he's doing or whatever. He's got pictures of the owner. But I just think the Eagles made a decision. We're not going to give a guy who's, how, how old is Jenkins now? 30? 31. 31. And he's been a great Eagle. And he was their fourth choice. He, here is my <laughs> here is my problem with this. And, and I said this on, on Twitter last night. My problem is you're really going to replace the most durable guy in your, your in your defensive backfield, a guy who has not missed the snap in three yep. years. 
and you're going to replace him with Jalen Mills, who misses half the snaps of a season? Well, Come on, and playing now a more physical position? Come they on. They brought a wide receiver in last year that had missed a lot of games and wound up missing basically I the mean, whole season. Th- that, I mean, that's where I don't get this. It's like Jalen Mills moving positions and less durable. Well, this this is what I think you have to take out of this and, and any other moves that they're going to make, probably. The Eagles aren't a legitimate Super Bowl contender next no, year. No, they're not. And people better start getting... Now, that doesn't mean that things can't change between now and, you know, November. Haven't shown me a wide receiver plan yet, but go ahead. I, I'm, I still think, and I said this before, though, I would have made Dallas... The, and Dallas has their... their it, you know, the, but they'll figure that all out, probably. Dallas is going to probably win the division because nobody wins a division two years in a row in the NFC since, like, 1837. Um... um so, okay, what I mean, what the Eagles are doing, and even if they help themselves in the draft, which given their track record, we're not sure they're going to do. But if they help themselves, they're probably not one of the best uh, four or five teams in the NFC. Would, oh. would that be a fair statement? Well, I, mean, you, I, I, th- I think you can look at it now, all right? You're going to take New Orleans over them. Well, let, let's start out. You got San Francisco now. San Francisco, San Francisco New Orleans. But, but we know what happens to teams that lose Super Bowls. Right. Okay, so that could always happen. And I'm they obviously have questions about the quarterback, but go ahead. Right, but they're they're they look good. But right. they, Seattle's not bad. The Rams might have a bounce, bounce back. back year. We don't know. Saints, I think, are going for it. Um, Tampa with Brady. I'm I'm not saying they're like a Super Bowl favorite, but they have a lot of weapons there between Godwin and, and Yeah, I mean I they mean, could be a they could Evans be a playoff and, team. Yeah. Be, you know, um Dallas, um, Green Bay, I guess. Maybe Minnesota. Maybe um, Chicago. And, and if Chicago gets a quarterback, quarterback. Like, maybe they get Cam Newton. Maybe they get um, Jameis. You know, and and I, God help me for saying this. You know, the Washington Redskins, they end up with Cam Newton and Ron yeah, Rivera. I, I hear you, but I mean, I still. I'm not, I'm not necessarily putting the Eagles in front of them. But I think, the, the, like, fans who, let, let's face it, right now, I don't know if we're going to have baseball. I, I guess we probably will have baseball the second half of the year, I would imagine. Yeah, you would think. But the next big thing that people probably, because it, whether we have playoffs in the NBA or the NHL, I don't know. But the next big thing they're going to start getting geeked about is the Eagles, because that's what we do in this town. And mm-hmm. that's what, and I, the last two years, people really had Super Bowl aspirations and, and understandably, I'm not sure, like, this year what you're going to kind of think going in. Now, maybe they get a great wide receiver in the draft or, or they help themselves somewhere else that we weren't seeing them maybe help themselves. But, you know, yeah, you look at the team. You take Jenkins off of the defense. Um, the linebackers, I think, are still a little bit of an issue. And their drafting hasn't been real good where you would sit there and say, okay, so right. – I mean, I'm, I'm not saying they're going to be 6-10. and 10. I, I don't mean that. They may be a 9-win. It throws a lot on the quarterback to bail him out. And and that's assuming he stays Healthy. upright for the second straight year, which he did last year. I give him all the credit in the world. Until he cheap did. shot, yeah. Yeah, in the last four years, I mean, the last four games of last year, even though they, play, they, you know, they had a win and he got them the wins. So it, it's going to be interesting, Kevin. I, but I really, I mean, Washington's not going to stink forever. No. And the Giants, I don't know what to make of the Giants because I, I don't know. Well, I, I think I think Dave Gettleman is the issue there more than anything. Yes, he is. I, I, yeah. think, I think 
there there's no game plan there. Um, no. And I feel bad for Joe Judge, who's a local guy and who I like and, and I think would have been a good head coach yeah. in other circumstances, but I don't think that's the right circumstance. I think I really worry about Rivera because Rivera is smart. Rivera has player respect. Oh, yeah. And yeah, the quarterback, we don't know what the quarterback actually played well the last season. And he may be gone. So, you know, and so, he could be gone. But you got the owner there. So yeah. that's the problem. Um, but but what I'm saying is for a couple of years now, the, the Giants and the Redskins have been so bad. It's been like the AFC East, you know, with the Jets and the Dolphins. You, you had a couple built-in, whatever. And I'm not. that's going to change at some point. It might not be right. this year. But um, but if Dallas looks like it's loading up, yep. that doesn't mean Dallas is going to be great. Yep. But it looks like they're trying to load up, um, you know, with what they're they're doing. So I, I, I just think, like, as an Eagle fan, you're kind of like, I mean, I think, like, making the playoffs next year would probably be pretty good, a reasonable goal. Yeah. And I'm not sure in this town, if you're only three years removed from a Super Bowl, that's what you want to hear. Before we bring Joe in, on. In your, by the way, in your five of your franchise quarterback yeah. who still hasn't played in a playoff game. You know. Well, except for you know. Well, yeah, but I mean tw- he's 12 snaps. There's no, you know, if you talk about his resume, I his know. resume comes down to two things. The first 12 games of his of the uh, se- second 17, year, which he was tremendous. And the la- and the last eight of or the last seven of last year. Well, I'll say the last four because okay. they lost to the Dolphins in the fifth, the last one. Yeah, but he actually played pretty well in that game. I I understand that, but I, I know. Okay, I'll, I'll give you that. I'll give you the last five. Yeah, because the defense is what fell apart, and that's actually where I'm going to leave this before I get the jail. Yeah, although when they were when they were up 14 points, the offense didn't do a whole lot. Do you read Do you read into anything? Jenkins put his goodbye on Twitter last night. Okay, and he mentions Jeff Lurie. And nobody else in the organization. No Howie, no Doug, no Jim Schwartz. And and then suddenly there there's a couple levels here. One, he came in and he played last year, even though he wasn't happy with his contract, with the wink and assumption everybody believes that the Eagles said we'll take care of you at the end of the year. That doesn't happen, obviously. Two, I think it was our buddy Les Bowen who said that there may not have been the easiest relationship between Jim Schwartz and Malcolm Jenkins. Um, and, and maybe I'm misreading what, what Les was trying to say, but I just found it weird. Yeah, but so what? Well, they're, they're, but Kevin. You, you, no, where, where I'm asking is a guy who was as respected in the league as Malcolm Jenkins, and we both know how respected he is. Does it concern you if the Eagles are turning back to that banner mentality? Well, the, the, the banner mentality basically served them well, except for, you know, I can point to the 2002 season, right. and I don't even, but, but I'm just saying, you get rid of guys when they're older. So do you go out and give Jenkins? Better draft better then. What, what would Jenkins have wanted? Three years for a lot of money. Yeah. And then a year and a half from now, me and you were sitting here going, why would they give Malcolm Jenkins that much so, money? I True. mean, they went out and gave the wide receiver a contract last year. Everybody said, oh, that's great. Bring him back. I mean, I mean, maybe he didn't didn't get along with Schwartz. Brady didn't get along with Belichick all the time, as it turns. I mean, no. these things happen all the time. Cam Newton isn't getting along with Matt Rule. Um, you go, Rodgers didn't get along with McCarthy. I mean, no. this happens on every single NFL team. I'm not saying I don't want Jenkins for next year. Of course, I want Jenkins for next year. That's not the issue. Right. The issue is, are you going to give him? 
I don't know, what would it be, $50 million for three years? I, I don't know what a top flight, and he's going to get his money. Yep. Somebody's going to give him his money, and he'll, he'll go elsewhere. And, and this is, you know, this is why you have, a, I mean, everybody just said, we don't want our offensive linemen, an offensive lineman can play till they're 35 or 36 yep. or whatever if they're good. I mean, what happens is you let your emotions get the best of you. Jenkins has been a good soldier. Mm-hmm. He's, he's done, like you said, he played last year, wasn't happy. Um, and, and, you know, and I think on most NFL, look at some of the guys who've moved this week. All pro guys, three, four time all pro guys who were like thirty years old, and the greatest quarterback teams. of all time. Yeah, so I mean, this is yeah. bu- this is business. But now the business is in our backyard. So, and look, if 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 their safe secondary stinks this year, yeah. and you'd be honest with you, secondary wasn't all that great with him. Not that it was his fault, because he was almost more of a linebacker yeah. at this point in his career. Um, you know, he playing in the box and doing that kind of thing. But if they if they stink, if the guy who replaces him in safety stinks next year, yeah, we'll all sit here and go, just like when Dawkins left. I mean, it was the same thing. And then about a year later, Dawkins wasn't good anymore. Yeah. So, you know. All right, Mike. When we come back, uh, we'll have our buddy Joe Giuliano will join us. He'll talk, well, Penn Relays. He'll talk NCAA tournament. All the events that have been canceled and the one that hasn't, the Olympics. Uh, that's next here on Working the Beat. Looking to reach the sports fans of Philadelphia in a brand new way? This is Kevin Cooney. Each week, the Working to Be podcast with Mike Kern and I brings the hottest topics into this sports crazed town with the people and the events that shape the landscape. Now, your business could connect with those people by advertising on the Working to Be podcast. Join us at 267-546-7277 or email us at workingthebeat at gmail.com to find out how you can reach out to this growing audience. It's the best sports talk in Philadelphia, and you can be a part of it. That's 267-546-7277 or workinthebeat at gmail.com to join the Work in the Beat podcast family. And joining us now from the Philadelphia Inquirer, who was on his way to New York City last week when literally all hell broke loose, ended up on the main line, and now just sitting in his home. It's Joe Giuliano. Joe, how are you? Hey, good, Kevin. Thanks for having me on. Hello, Michael. Joe, how's Albany? (laughs) Wonderful. (laughs) I'm just, I'm just probably getting going through Scranton right now on the way up. (laughs) All right. So, weren't you had not made it to New York, correct? You were. I did not. I did not get there. I I kind of messed up. I probably should have um, left first thing in the morning for New York and get up there in time for that first game, thinking that this was going to all die out, but. I, I kind of arranged it like I was going up for the Villanova game at seven. And uh, I was at the Fort Washington exit of the turnpike at uh, one o'clock when they uh, called it. So I just got on Fort Washington, turned around and went back home. Were you, were you nervous going up there given what had gone on the night before, you know, with the, with obviously with Gobert and everything that was going on period. I think what I was nervous about Kevin was getting on the train. I mean, when I, when I got up in the morning, I was fully intended to take the train up. But uh, as I was thinking about it, I said, you know what, let, just let me drive up there. And if I have to stay three days and pay like $200 for parking, I mean, uh, I'll do it. But uh, uh, as I got in the car and, and going up and hearing about all the other uh, conference tournament cancellations, I said, you know what, I'm probably not going to make it. My wife even said, late, why don't you just stay home? It's probably going to get called in an hour. 
Mm -hmm. I said, well, you know what? I'm going to try to get up there for the end of the game, figuring when the game ends, they'll call it and they'll have a press conference and everything else. So uh, obviously they call it at halftime and uh, I I couldn't get up there in time. Mike? Joe, when you had to go out to Villanova later that day to to obviously talk with Jay, because I don't think any of us kind of understood then exactly what we were kind of dealing with or would be dealing with. Was there any trepidation then? I mean, I know it was probably only Jay and maybe Mike Sheridan, but now you're on a campus where there's people walking. I, I don't know. Like, you know, and other reporters, I guess, were there. Did you ever feel anything, or was it just like kind of business as normal? It, it seemed like business as normal, Mike. They kind of had a, a gate up to uh, separate us from the kids going into the Davis Center. And the, and the, and the team uh, actually was well away from us, maybe 15, 20 feet. Jay came down and uh, – talked to us. Mike was right behind him. Uh, I don't think we were quite six feet away from Jay, but it was me, Terry, Tui, John Clark, the uh, ABC, uh, six ABC producer and two camera guys. So that was uh, the extent of the press conference. Um, but the thing was, the interesting thing about that was we finished our conversation with Jay. We started just, uh, you know, kibitzing with him, you know, off the record, uh, just talking, yeah, this and this is crazy. And then Ed Benkin of KYW came in and said, oh, by the way, the NCAA tournament's just been canceled. So we had to do another interview with Jay uh, to ask him about that development. All right. when, you, when you first were talking with Jay before you had heard that the NCAA tournament was canceled, was Jay kind of talking as if, okay, this didn't get played, but yeah, but we are going to go forward maybe with no fans or whatever it was. Did it was Had that been talked about? Yeah, it, well, his, his stance, Mike, was, I'll, we'll do whatever the NCA says. Right. So I think what he was trying to do was try to find a place for his uh, for his players. And then after the NCA uh, cancellation came out, he was wondering about the kids. You know, like maybe some would go home, maybe some would come back uh, or stay on campus. Uh, I, I don't know how that worked out after Villanova said, "Hey, everybody home," because we're going to go online. Uh, so Jay was saying, "Well, you know, our last day of classes would be Friday. That Friday." Friday the 13th, and uh, then they were all go home and online classes would begin uh, this past Monday. Uh, Joe, when you look at, you know, look, we all know the NCAA tournament is a huge moneymaker for the NCAA and the schools, um, and what it does for other programs. The non-revenue programs live off the NCAA, and I think there was a report last night, it might have been the Sports Business Journal, that said that the insurance that the NCAA have is only $250 million dollars so basically, they're going to take a $750 million hit off that deal they had with the television networks. Um, how big a blow is this to the NCAA financially, and how, what's the trickle-down effect for the non-revenue sports? That's a good question, Kev, as far as the trickle-down effect. I mean, you, you always think about those non-revenue sports because, you know, at a place like Penn State, football pays for everything. At a place like Villanova. Basketball uh, pays for everything, yeah. Um, so... You know, the trickle-down effect, I, I really don't know how that's going to affect everybody. Um, you know, the NCAA probably has money socked away somewhere. Um, uh, I, I don't really know quite the financials of everything, especially in the case of, an, uh, of a, you know, a, a complete shutdown like this was. Boy, that's, I mean, that's that's uncharted territory. So I, I didn't really think that, um, I, I didn't really think about that part of it. So I, I probably still have to study that a bit. Yeah, I mean, and Joe, even like the pen relays was canceled. You've covered enough pen relays, God, more than probably anybody I know. The financial impact there is going to be true. And, and it got, we were talking about this the other day, among other things, 
the Masters getting, well, maybe postponed. We don't know. I'm sure they're going to try. But even the economy of Augusta, which accounts for like 20, 25% of the whole year, what they make that. I mean, we have, we've almost just touched the iceberg on this stuff, haven't we? About oh, how- absolutely. I mean, I, I mean, you were talking about Augusta. I, I think I referred you to a story over the weekend. Yes. Uh, the Augusta economy and how it will suffer. And, and, and it's led with uh, T-Bone Steakhouse, which is uh, was a regular haunt of Michael, myself, and our gang uh, every Saturday night of Masters weekend. Um, yeah, that, that's got to hurt. I mean, obviously, hotels made all their money during that week. Um, restaurants made all their money during that week. We had no idea what happened the other 51 weeks of the year in Augusta. We just know that they lived mm-hmm. off that money they made for that one week. Right. And without that, I mean, God. They and like, I got to believe, Joe, the pen relays, I mean, I don't know how that money works, but a, a lot of that must have obviously helped Penn or, or the community or whatever. Well, the, 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 they it would help them bring in teams from other locations, help them out, right. do, help defray their costs of flying and, and lodging. Um, you know, I don't I don't really know. How, I mean, they've, they've acquired a lot of sponsors over the years. I'm sure the sponsors uh, hung in there and, Gave them their money. I, I wouldn't think anybody would withdraw. Um, the other fact was that Dave, when I talked to Dave Johnson on Monday, he was uh, busy at work refunding everybody's entry fees, and that must be a lot of money for yeah. his well, entry. Fees. And Joe, getting to the pen relays, I mean, you know, 125 years straight they ran this thing, and it, you know, for it to be called like this, especially, you hate saying it, but there's more interest in the pen relays in an Olympic year anyway. Because right. I think more people, you know, you have bigger crowds and everything. What Mike's saying, the, the financial hit of that is just enormous, though, I would imagine. Because not just from the normal people who come, but more the casual fan in Olympic year who was going to maybe get a scouting report for what could happen with some of the athletes in Tokyo. Exactly, Kev. Yeah, that that would have brought in quite a few more people, obviously, we had no, they, they don't really tell you who's coming in as far as the uh, postgraduate runners until the week before the relays uh, right. starts. We would have no idea. But the Jamaicans uh, used to come in. They weren't coming in anyway, I know, because of right. everything. But, you know, the Jamaicans coming in and you had some other postgrads, that would have been big. Huge. Oh, definitely. Yeah, that, it would have been exciting. I mean, I, I think everybody was looking forward to that, especially you have a, a, like a normal summer Olympics, like in July, as opposed to like, maybe one in Korea that was in September or one in Australia that was in November. I mean, you had a regular track season where you were trying to peak for the summer uh, and peak for the Olympic trials, which would be mid June. So yeah, it would have been quite a field. I think how many Olympic, how many Olympics have you covered Joe? I I just covered the one I covered one Olympics in LA in 1984 when the, uh, when it was a Russian boycott, but I got to see Carl Lewis win four gold medals. I thought you did the uh, one in Salt Lake, Joe. Well, that was the two, uh, that's a winter Olympics. It's a winter Olympics. Okay, okay. So I've done two, but the the track was fun. I I enjoyed watching track and field in the 84 Olympics, especially the the, the decathlon, which was basically a two-man race and uh, went right down to the wire. Can you see any way they they hold Tokyo at this point? Well, they're, they're holding out against hope. I think what they're trying to do is see... Like they, they talk about the curve, you know, the, right. or whatever it is with the coronavirus. It's going up and up and up and up, and pretty soon it's going to reach its peak and then go back down. I think if it reaches its peak within maybe, you know, maybe the end of May or something, I, I think that they'll still go ahead with the Olympics. But but the other thing is, Kev, is training. I mean, how, how many, I mean, the, the, the athletes in every sport, not just track and field, right. 
they're trying to figure out like, are we going to have an Olympics? Are they going to delay it? Are they going to postpone it? Is it going to be set back to like 2021? Um, you know, no one seems to know. There's qualifying what, issues too in a lot of cases. Oh, definitely. I mean, with the definitely. Olympic well, trials. Look and, at the, the yeah. Olympics are at Penn State, and, and they don't know what's going on. I mean, it was supposed to be, I think, in the next month or so, and now they, they, they don't know what to do. Yeah. I, can, I just can't imagine that even if they, even if let's say we've hit our peak at mid-May or the end of May, I just don't see how a month and a half later you're putting 50,000, 80,000 people in stadiums and basically just saying, yeah, it's, it's okay. I, 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 you know, I even think at some point when the NFL comes back and you're putting a lot of people in stadiums, there's going to be some people who are going to be a little uneasy with that. We'll get over it eventually, but you know, that that's, I, I just don't see you, you have people coming from all over the globe, literally to this one. I don't know. Maybe I'm naive. But oh I, no, like, Hey, Hey, this is a situation none of us have ever seen. Exactly. exactly. I mean, we have no clue. I mean, what what's going to happen? Uh, like a month from now, two months from now. I mean, next I week. I talked to the um, I talked to the head of the of the uh, Dadville Regatta yesterday, and he was like, and he's hoping that you know there'll be a like a quick shift in this in the next you know two three weeks. And I don't think it's going to happen. But no. God bless the guy. He's he's trying to remain optimistic and. I'm sure you've heard this expression before. He's doing it for the kids. It's for the kids. Ah. <laughs> and the sad part Hot is. sandwiches. <laughs> and, 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 and Joe, the sad part is there's events that may never come back from this. Like, I'm not saying like the Davel Regatta is one of them, but missing some events, you can't miss a year and expect to come back. And I think that's the scary part in all this. Well, I think everybody's from a sport from a sports perspective, obviously. I mean, well, look at I mean, look at what might happen. I mean, you know, we're talking about just things that are very important to our community here in Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. But how about like baseball? Like, when are they going to start? How many games is it going to be? How late Mm -hmm. are they going to play? Is there going to be a World Series? Uh, NFL might have the same thing. Basketball. What's going to happen with the NBA and NHL? Um, It's it's just I mean, your, your head is spinning. You're trying to figure out, like, what would be the the proper a remedy once this slows down a little bit? I mean, do we go right back out and play or do we wait until like the thing is like almost to zero before we do it? It's, it's just, I mean, you could just sit home and speculate all you want about it, but none of us know what's going to happen. Please sit, please stay home. That's the, that's yeah, the keyword. Stay home, yeah. But it's hard to stay home when you're going to play in the Olympics. It's, and we're sending NBA players, I'm assuming. Oh, definitely. To the Olympics. Yeah. You know, pops going to Who may be in the middle of their season. Yeah. Well, yeah, Joe, you've obviously been the golf writer there forever, and you and I've, you know, been through a lot. Of this. You just canceled an event at a USGA event that was going to be at the Cricket Club. Yep. We have the Shoprite coming up. We have uh, the the LPGA Championships going, supposed to be at Aronimink in June. They've the Masters and the PGA have already said, "Hey, we're we're going to try." Are, are they going to play a Masters and a PJ? And this could affect the U.S. Open also, I'm guessing. Um, I mean, what do you think? Or again, is it just way, way, way too early to even go there? Well, the, the thing about rescheduling the Masters and the PGA, Mike, as you know, is finding a date for it. Uh, obviously, the PGA Tour schedule is always bunched up. Uh, they're, they're, they're ending before September. I mean, their last day of the, of the official current PGA Tour season is August 30th. And now they'll have a Ryder Cup this year, uh, I guess the last weekend in uh, September. September. But 
you know, what do you do? Do you delay the start of the 2020 slash 21 PGA tour season and say, no, we're going to have the masters in place of this tournament. And then we're going to have the PGA in place of this tournament. And then we'll continue. And then we'll start out our 20. And that's not fair to those tournaments. I mean, that well, wouldn't no, be not at all. for those I mean, tournaments either. I mean, not a lot of people, not a lot of big names play golf in October. Right. But there's a season and there's younger guys wanting to get money and FedEx points, FedEx Cup points and, and, and all that stuff. So, yeah, they're, they're going to be devastated if, if that uh, gets um, uh, reduced or eliminated. However, hey, they're going to have they're having a Kentucky Derby on September the 5th. So and, and my one my thing is, I mean, we'll be so happy to have stuff back. If everything's okay by that point, but I wonder if it'll have the same. And I'm guessing the Preakness and the Belmont could, you know, maybe we'll have the Triple Crown in October. Well, that's who the, knows. Well, here's the other deal. As you know, you know, hanging out with DJ as much as we have over the years. I mean, you got, you know, Kentucky Derby always two weeks later is the Preakness, always three weeks later is the Belmont Stakes. But in this case, if you bring it into October in November, you have the Breeders' Cup. Yeah. yeah. They'll still do the Breeders' Cup. I mean, those horses will be exhausted, those three-year-olds. And that becomes, um, a, that becomes a danger to them at that point. If you're running that much, you can become a... We had, yeah, we've had enough stories about uh, horses get, uh, horses breaking down and, and having to be euthanized. I don't think anybody... And Kevin, you, Kevin, you were saying about events that might not come back. Like, the Preakness has been kind of, and Joe, you would obviously know this, has been kind of in financial... Straits, yeah. Straits. They were talking about taking out Pimlico and yeah. Right. So, so if God forbid they didn't have one, I don't like, I I don't know, you know, going forward. Cause you almost want to be able to say me as a stupid person to say, guys, we're just like canceling everything until pick it, like pick a date. And we're not going to like, we're not going to have a master's this year. We're not going to have a PGA and it's not going to be the end of the world. You know, they, they didn't have it. Kevin, you tweeted the other night. Like if we got through world war two, like, you know, we can get through this. Mm-hmm. Um, but at some point, I just think like delaying these things just jumbles things up more. Yeah. Just holding things up. Uh, you know, you like, like we were talking, you do have to find other dates. If you're going to, I mean, if you're going to po- cancel it, it's one thing, but if you're going to postpone it, that means you still hold out hope that uh, there's going to be some semblance of, of, of that event. So. Guys, you both have covered Augusta a, a lot of years and you know, the people down there, at Augusta National. I almost get the, and you know, Mike, you and I talked about it last week that I was surprised they decided to to kind of you know to to put the brakes on this quickly. I thought they wait a couple more weeks and they had no that. choice, Kevin. Okay. No choice. Are yeah. they are they the type that will pre- be like I could see the PGA going, okay, since it's in San Francisco and you know, obviously that's a hard hit area, we're gonna sit out of here. Okay. I don't see Augusta sitting out of here. I think Augusta, even with the questions about what the course will be like in the fall, and and because it's a, it's a fall, it's a what's the term like fall winter or fall spring course? They don't play in the summer. Like they right? don't. They, they 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 usually close from May to October. This year they're just closing. They've already said they're closing now. But like Joe said, to get the course ready for there, and, and then the thing is, the season technically ends on the first week in September with the tour championship or the last week in August. So if you played the masters in, let's say uh, the following weekend, right? It's technically part of the next season. So you would have like two masters at some point. I just, it's like almost why like, 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 like even like, with like I, I get it that you want to crown an NBA champ and you want to crown an NHL champ and, and it won't, you know, you probably won't play the whole regular season, but 
at some point, I think we just have to look at each other when people can't find toilet paper and people are worried about losing their jobs and pe- businesses are worried about reopening. They're just saying, hey, people, we just won't have an NHL champion this year. Yeah, it stinks, and especially for Flyer fans now who are excited for the first time. But at some point, I think common sense kind of has to dictate what we do. Joe, um, are you? Well, it's, I mean, you're right, but a lot of people need an escape. Sure. And this is the escape for a lot of us. And that's why we're all dying during the month of March with no basketball. I mean, we're, and and yeah, you're right. People are are in bad shape. People are catching the coronavirus. There are people out of work who've lived paycheck to paycheck and don't know where the next, Mm -hmm. where their next check is coming from. It's bad. But yeah. I, I think people really like and appreciate that escape. Uh, you know, there's a lot of people now that you say, well, just call me and we'll vent. You know, like, yeah, because there's yeah. just nothing to do. And, you know what and I think the, the biggest problem, we, we, the biggest we, problem kind of in all this was is that the biggest problem, I think, in all this is, I think, originally two weeks ago or whatever, whatever the message, we thought it was going to be over relatively quickly. Like a snow deck. I mean, you know, yeah, like, 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 okay, we'll stay home till the end of March, and then it's then we'll, it'll be fairly back to normal. And now we're starting to realize in the span of less than a week that that's not the case, and it may not even be close. Now, look, maybe, maybe this turns out okay. Maybe the warm weather comes in, you know, maybe by the end of April or so, we're, we're kind of back to a little bit of normal. But I, my, the way I approach it is I expect the worst. And then if the worst doesn't happen, hey, good. It, it, that's, but you know, and if the worst takes us into the summer or God forbid, early fall, you know, you can't just pe- put people at risk, but it's a fine line. We walk between the health issues mm-hmm. and people like Joe said, paychecks week to week to week, you know, they can't find a way to go on. Uh, it's easy for me to sit here in Northeast Philly because I'm okay mm-hmm. for the most part and say, you know, but I prefer to err on the side of caution. That's just me. Joe, let me uh, get a couple sports questions here. Uh, one, let me ask about uh, Penn State football. I assume the blue-white game and everything has been called up there. Kind of how does this impact their uh, their um, their year going forward into this fall at this point? Again, Kev, it's it's like this is uncharted territory for them. The Penn State announced that all um, uh, uh, athletic-related activities on campus are, are done at least through the end of April. Right. Uh, today was supposed to be the first day of spring practice. Uh, no spring practice. I don't know if they're having any kind of winter workouts or continuing workouts, or maybe kids are working out on their own away from the, the Lash football building where they have all the, obviously, the weights and equipment they need to stay in place. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, no blue-white game, which, you know, I know – there are 70,000 people that are disappointed in that because it's a big social event. But for mm-hmm. those of us who like covering real football, it's not such a big deal. No, But, um, but you know, you, you just don't know about who's staying in shape, who's, uh, who's gone back home, who's having trouble finding facilities to train. Um, you know, you, you know that, you know, Franklin has been in touch with these guys and are saying, you know, hey, remember to keep your, your training up. Uh, you know, it's a tough situation, but we'll, we'll uh, work through this. But... For how long? Who knows? Uh, most of the kids come up for summer school anyway. So once the academic year ends, which I guess in, in early to mid-May, I, I guess these kids will have to make a decision on whether, uh, and the university is going to have to make a decision on, you know, are they going to continue summer school or are they going to 
keep up with the online uh, learning. Uh, final question from me on the college end of it. Um, you just got done a Villanova season that I think most would agree Jay did his best work on because they didn't. There was a there was a point here where they didn't have a lot of experience coming back. Gillespie was back, but they, they didn't really have a ton of experience. Did you think he, I mean, he got everything out of that group in my mind that he could have. Uh, where does the program go from here, too? Well, uh, as of now, uh, there are no obviously no scholarship seniors on this year's team, so he's thinking everyone will be back. But he is realistic in the fact that he thinks that, you know, Sadiq Bay has a good chance to be a first-round draft choice, and he will help Sadiq with uh, anything he needs as far as guiding him through this process. There's no question he will declare for the draft, and obviously you can pull out if you feel like uh, I'm you told know, a week start, ahead. Yeah, right. going going uh, going forward. Um, the other possibility would be Jeremiah Robinson Earl, who came in as a five-star guy, as a veteran of international competition, was named Big East uh, Rookie of the Year. Um, I don't think he's ready, um, and I think he's smart enough to know that. But uh, obviously, if if he gets on enough uh, mock drafts as a you know possible first round pick, maybe he also will take that step um, and and work out with other NBA teams and have that option of coming back to college. Um, other than that, uh, things seem pretty uh, pretty cool. They have a, a transfer kid who sat out this year named Caleb Daniels. From he was Tulane's leading scorer uh, last season, and he's been a, a real uh, value in in in, uh, in uh, practice sessions that Villanova's had. And don't forget Eric Dixon, the big kid from Abington High School who. Set out the whole year, uh, just yeah. getting in shape and learning uh, the ways of Villanova basketball. I, I, I think that kid has the, the potential to be kind of a, I, I don't want to say a monster yet because it would be his first year of college, but yeah, I, I think the, the 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 arrows are pointing straight way up for this. There's year. a Spellman correlation there. He he has a little bit of the Spellman in him that you see. Spellman set out the one year wasn't necessarily his choosing, but Dixon has that kind of upside, I think too. Oh, definitely. I, you know, I don't know what kind of a, I don't know if he has the range of Amari, but uh, yeah, I think the kid is going to be a, a, a beast, uh, you know, inside for Nova. You know, Joe, something that just occurred to me too, like you talk about a kid like Sadiq or maybe even Robinson Earl, how like the NBA, the, 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 the workouts that all these kids would go through to get kind of tested, they may not come about because like the whole process may be different. You know, for all we know, the draft might get pushed back or, or you know, we're, we're all in the unknown here, but that could affect these kids' decisions also. Yeah, the first thing, Mike, obviously, after the Final Four is the Portsmouth Tournament down right. in Virginia where kids who might be on the edge of getting drafted or are not considered draftable go down there and, and really can dazzle the scouts and work themselves right back into the draft, so... That that's going to be a big loss for for a lot of kids. I mean, you, you, your heart really goes out to them because that's their chance to to really showcase their talents. Now, whether that they hope at a later time, I don't really know. I mean, the draft is going to be coming up in June, June usually around twenty third, scheduled to June. Yeah, scheduled. Yes, everything is on schedule. Right. Uh, but um, who knows how if that'll be pushed back, which would push back workouts and stuff like Portsmouth and the NF and the NBA Combine. Right. Um, so yeah, I, again, just a lot of balls in the air that we. Hey, don't you'll be covering. Know. You'll be covering the LPGA Championship that week. 
Ah. Not 10 miles from your house or 10 minutes from your house. Well, the funny thing somebody had told me, he said, hey, you know, the U.S. Open is at Wingfoot. That's only five minutes north of New Rochelle, which is the New York hotspot for coronavirus. <laughs> that is correct. Um, uh, okay, so that's the first week. And then um, the week after is the uh, the LPGA, K, well, KPMG Women's PGA, as they call it now, yeah. at Aronimink. And yeah. I guess that's uh, that's another phone call I have to make to those people to see how things are going for them. Joe yeah. Giuliano, who uh, I, uh, by the way, before we go, I know we all think of people in restaurants that have worked. And, and like you mentioned in your open, you know, we, we used to all go to Trey Collery up in New York for the, the Big East tournament. Joe was looking forward to the fact he could have got a double dose this year because he could have had Nova in the East region and ended up back there for maybe Sweet 16 weekend. I mean, all those restaurant workers, if you have a shot to buy a gift card or something to help them out, do so. I, I think we all kind of uh, echo that sentiment, correct? Well, nobody eats better than we do, so, yeah, that's that, absolutely correct. That's true. Joe Giuliano from the Philadelphia Inquirer. Joe, thanks for joining us. Be Good safe, much. pal. Yeah, thanks. You too. Hey, thanks, guys. Thanks a lot, Joe. Okay, babe. All right, so Joe Giuliano, I think I'm – all right, now this is going to be tricky. I may lose Kern in this, and I did. <laughs> I knew I would lose him. Hold on here. I got to get him back on the horn. So let me go back. Guarantee he complains about being hung up on. Hey, you're back. My apologies. Okay. <laughs> Technology didn't work too bad there, huh? You did fine. Okay. Um. All right. Let's get to the Tom Brady story. Um. How surprised are you left New England? Uh, I'm not surprised he left New England because people were saying months ago, um, he orchestrated all of this to get to this point. He was the one that set up his contract so that he would be a free agent this year. Um, I don't think you do that because he's never been a free agent in his life. And I think the situation at New England was not great last year in terms of now, look, they went out and got two wide receivers. They tried, and the wide receivers turned out not to work out for various different reasons, and they missed. They didn't have Gronk. First eight – go back, Kevin. After eight games on the schedule, right? they were unbeaten, and everybody's basically, oh, my God, is this team going to go – now, they played crap up to that point, and they wound up losing the games um, to the good teams, you know, in the second half of the year. I, I don't know what Brady has left in the tank. I think – He's still pretty good. He's not the Tom Brady of five years ago. Okay, we get that. But I still think, and in his mind, he thinks he can play another two or three years. Whether that's true or not, I, I don't know. And he obviously, if you're 44, you're not the same as even when you were 38. Drew Brees is starting to show that. Phillip Rivers is starting to show that yep. a little bit. And we're going to see what Phillip does in, in on a one-year deal in, in uh, Indianapolis. But I think... And I was kind of listening. You know, what else do we have to do? You know, I'm listening to ESPN and all. I think Tom, he's not necessarily going to the Super Bowl favorite. No, you know the, the Bucks haven't been in the playoffs in like 12 years. They have the, the worst winning percentage of any franchise in the history of football. Um, and how this is going to affect the Patriots too? I mean, I think Buffalo is now probably the favorite in that division for the first time. You would in think years. Um, I just think Tom. You know, look, Tampa's warm. You know, you're down there. You're only two hours from New York where his family is. Right. Um, I always thought the Chargers might have a shot. Um, but, 
you know, I, I think it's it, lifestyle. It, it's whether it's yeah. Well, if, I mean, look, if he was just looking for the best place to go to, to win, because I think that's what everybody assumed. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Indianapolis would have been maybe a spot yep. because they have a fairly decent team. Yeah. I don't know about um, Phil Rivers either. So, but the bucks have two really good receivers. Bruce Arians. I think a lot of the reason why he went there was Bruce Arians. I agree. You know, think about this. Yeah, I think about this, Kevin. There's two former Temple coaches. Coach Indiana. I mean, when you think about Temple football. In the same know, division. What's that? In the same division. I never thought of that. <laughs> and look, and Bruce has been around the NFL for a long time. So, I mean, this isn't like revelations. But I think, really, Tom Brady looked at that situation and said, you know what, maybe we can't win a Super Bowl, but we can be a playoff team. Um, he's got Drew Brees in the division, too. That's going to, you know, that's an obstacle. Mm-hmm. I'm going to – and Bruce Arians looks like a fun guy to be around. He re- and that's all you hear about. And I think maybe he's had Belichick for 20 years. And I don't think this is about I'm going to prove to people that I can win without Bill. And I don't think it's about Bill having to prove that he can win without Tom. Right. That that – they, they may, you know, they may never win another Super Bowl again. So who cares? They won six and got the nine. Um, but yeah, and, and you know, do the Eagles play Tampa this year? They do they, not. They do not. Okay, so, but it could maybe hurt them getting into the playoffs. I mean, I don't know. You know, I don't. I mean, well, it's, I think it's interesting. He, I think it's interesting. He chose an NFC team too. It, it, well, I don't think that's a, as big a deal. When we were kids, that was a bigger deal than I think it is now. No, but I think it, it might be easier to get into if you're thinking Super Bowl and the Chiefs are sitting there oh. and the Ravens are sitting there. I think maybe you might have a you might look at it and say I got maybe a better chance oh, okay. in the NFC. Right, I don't well, know. Used to be about style of play too. I mean right, that, sure. that that's not necessarily. And Bruce doesn't play. play. Bruce plays a different style than he's played in New England. Think about think about those two New Orleans Tampa games now are must see television between him and Breeze. I would think one of them is going to be on a Sunday or a Monday or both. I would think, yeah. I, well, I mean. Or Thursday or something. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if you waste that on a Thursday night. It's going to be it's going to be fascinating. We're going to see a lot less of the Patriots, at least on television. I mean, that that's going to be a given. It's so gonna, you think Tampa, I mean, I, we don't know who the Patriots quarterback is going to be, obviously, but they just lost two good defensive players, mm-hmm. right? They um, did keep uh, McCourty. I would think this year Tampa is a much better attraction than, but. You know, the conspiracy theory is that, and I don't see this happening, but that the Patriots will just tank and get the kid from Clemson. But I can't see Bill Belichick tanking. That, no, that I can't. doesn't seem proper. Bill doesn't have an, a, a, enough years to tank. And that was the one thing I was going to say about Tampa. You have an older head coach in, in, in Bruce. I mean, Bruce is not a spring chicken. Bruce is already re- retired. How much this. older is Bruce than Bill? <laughs> They're the same age. And actually, they're both behind Pete Carroll. Um, yeah, <laughs> but you have a you have a coach who's not looking for a five year plan. Oh, yeah, no, I agree. And you have but a quarterback who's and I yet think Belichick might coach till he's one hundred and seven, right? And Arians bringing in a quarterback who's not on a five year plan. Yeah, I agree. You know, it's going to be fascinating when they open the league up year up officially this afternoon. Kind of what else does Tampa do? I mean, because Tampa had some moments last year where he went, you know, they're not bad. They're pretty good, except, oh, the their last, quor- except their quarterback would throw the ball away too much. Right. There was some stat the other day that the last six weeks of the season, 
their defense was the best defense in the NFL. Yeah. By some measure. I, I but whatever, because their defense Their stunk. defense is Todd Bowles, by the way. Another temple right. guy. Right. Guy Todd Bowles is a great coordinator. Mm-hmm. He just wasn't a good head coach. Oh, he wasn't so a good head coach. I'm not sure him. anybody's a good head coach in, in New York. Right. But I think Tampa and I'm not going to get carried away with it, but I would I would venture the, the over under number in Vegas will be around nine and a half mm-hmm. for for Tampa. And I I might take the over. Sight unseen. I'm not looking at their schedule. I don't know what they do, but you know, I mean the Eagles last year were nine and a half, weren't they? Nine or nine yeah. and a half? Something like that. So I think New Orleans will be the favorite. But you know, you don't know what I mean, you know, they've been pretty good the last three years with nothing to show for it. You don't know, maybe they take a little bit but but you're right. The two the two games between those and, and Atlanta looks like I don't know what Atlanta's doing. They're and, and you know, Carolina's obviously in a rebuild. But, but they're fascinating because of Bridgewater now. Yeah, but I still think they're in a rebuild. I, I think they're 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 and they got McCaffrey. They got you know, McCaffrey. He's, he's really you, good. You have Joe Brady as their offense coordinator who knows Bridgewater from his days in New England or yeah, his days in I New still Orleans. I don't expect them to be like a Oh, they're not like in a playoff a, team, no. No, I mean, but I think could they be a six seven win team and give people trouble? Yeah. I mean, Atlanta's probably going to finish last in that division, I'm guessing. Even with Matt Ryan making thirty some million dollars. I mean, it's amazing. Matt Ryan and Stafford make all this money and their teams just stink. And I'm not saying it's their fault because he had him in a Super Bowl. I was just going to say, Matt Ryan went to a Super Bowl. Um, but the two, I think the two interesting things now is where does Jameis end up and where does Cam end up? Because if they're if they're in the right situations, I mean, Jameis has shown he can throw for 5,000 yards. He just throws 30 interceptions. Um, and Cam went to a Super Bowl. Now, maybe Cam shot. I, I, you know, he's, he hasn't played a whole lot. He's been one of them has got to end up in New England, don't they? Um, it all depends what, you know, if does Bill think he can work with them? I mean, and what are they going to demand in money? I mean, what I, you know, I don't, you know, one, I think Chicago needs a quarterback like Mariota just went to the Raiders. Raiders. I think they need somebody to come in there and at least battle for the quarterback job or be there in case Trubisky can't whatever. And, and, so I, I don't know who would be more equipped to do that, whether you want Jameis or you want Cam. Um, but, I mean, and Cam, I mean, Jameis is still only, like, what, 26, 27? Yeah. I mean, he's pretty young. But somebody's going to take a shot. I mean, and San Diego needs a quarterback, right? Uh, Yeah. Well, no, I mean, they got they got Tyrod Taylor. They could. I, I'm, well, I'm telling you this. If I'm San Diego and I'm not trying to bash Tyrod Taylor. Los Angeles, but, but go ahead. They've got a fairly good team. They've got a good offensive line. They've got a fairly good team. Um, you know, that could be a place for Cam or Jameis. Um, they were good two years ago. They won 12 games. See, I would be went to the playoffs. I would be fascinated by a Winston Belichick combo. Well, you know whose name has come up up there? I don't know if this was realistic or whatever, but Andy Dalton's name. Andy, Andy Dalton's name was brought up. They talked about him as a backup in Chicago right. if they did go with Trubisky. Nick Foles' name has been bandied about a little bit as well. Yeah, that's true. You're right. You're right. Um, um, I look at it this way. For the first time in 20 years, basically, nobody's going to look at New England as a Super Bowl. Yeah, they fell to 25-1, to one, I think, overnight. I wouldn't bet them at 50-1. to one. Uh, that, And I love Belichick I have because you have Kansas City, you have the Ravens. You got the, you, you got the you Bills. Some other teams. Pro- Buffalo is going to be good. Mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah, I mean, Buffalo Pittsburgh's going to have Ben back. I who knows? Yeah, Buffalo is the interesting one in this because I think Buffalo has Buffalo has some weapons, and Buffalo yes, they do. And Buffalo has a really good head coach. I really do like Sean McDermott. Yeah, and uh, the whole thing up there is: is their quarterback good enough? Well, that's that's always the question. Be because the defense is pretty good, but you know, can the guy in Buffalo do what Tannehill did this year for for Tennessee? And, and I, I'm telling you right now, and I understand they had to do it. I get all this. Giving Tannehill that kind of money off eight games or nine, I. I I just find that to be a, a really huge risk. And I'll tell you another team, I, I, Indianapolis, depending upon what Rivers has left, and I'm not sure he has a, a lot, but he's reunited with Frank Reich. Frank Reich's pretty good, and they have a decent team there. Um, I think the AFC could be, you know, you could now they're adding playoff team, right? Mm-hmm. But, I mean, you could have a, a really good team or two not make the playoffs in the AFC. You could. Um. But, you know, that's – I mean, you know, it, it should be a good football season if we ever if we ever get to it. <laughs> yeah. You know, can, can the Chiefs repeat? Yeah. I mean, they look pretty good. And they got the best quarterback in football, I think. Would you agree? And, yeah, and I think the one thing when you look at it too, and this ties back to the whole situation, not to say that Brady – is ever really behind an eight ball, but not having OTAs is going to be huge for any quarterback who's moving. I mean, all these moving pieces and it's basically going to be, all right, we're going to get to July. And if we have training camp in July, if it's even if it's a full training camp, it's going to be a lot of uh, Kevin. It's going to be like that for like rivers. It's going to be like, Oh yeah. Um, all these guys, all these guys moving somewhere. Oh yeah. Everything. It's just like, if we have a baseball season, which I think we will have, half a baseball season or however that constitutes on uh, you probably have a world series in early November or whatever, but everything's going to be different. If we have an NBA playoffs, it's going to be different. If we have an NHL, because nobody knows how these guys are going to come back. Um, and probably not until you start. If we start, if we're fortunate enough that we're at this and we're starting NBA and NHL camps next, like let's say September mm-hmm. or October, whenever they do that, I think that's when normal will kind of come back into the equation a little bit. But until then, I don't think normal exists. Uh, I asked for some questions on Twitter, uh, and you can reach me at Kevin Cooney uh, from Mike. It's uh, just a question here. Uh, you know, questions and about anything. We'll ask this every week uh, while we're, you know, waiting for games to reserve, resume. Um. But the one question I have for you, actually, is what have you been binge watching here during the uh, during the uh, the layoff? I don't binge watch. Okay, I'm, I'm not. A what have you been I, watching, Mike? Well, I'm so old school, as you know, Kevin. I have my certain. I mean, like Tuesday nights, we we'll watch um, NCIS, FBI, FBI Most Wanted. Although last night, two of them were reruns, and that's another thing that this is going to affect. I think that people don't understand. It's going to affect TV and movies. Because I, I think Jeopardy now is not even taping. They, they've right. Kind of, but I, I mean, some of that stuff is it's, it's going to filter to that stuff too. Um, I've been looking, you know, a lot of the um, um, network, like I don't get HBO anymore or any of those kind of things because we just kind of, but they're giving like free previews now. 
and so I've been watching some stuff on there. I like movies, but yeah, I'm I'm like God. I'll watch if there's something good history wise on the Nat Geo channel or history or or you know that that's me. I mean, I'm just I am who I am. I, you know, I'll watch the odd Columbo, Law and Order, um, even if I've seen them ten times. So I'm not going to binge watch like Better Get Saw or, or or even though I probably should. Um, I should probably go get the wire and watch the whole wire. Yeah. Cause I missed that. And everybody said it was tremendous. I've, st- I've actually, um, uh, done a lot of cheers watching this week, trying to there you uh, go. get a laugh yeah. and everything. I, yeah, I mean, Kevin, Kevin, if I wanted, let, let's say for the wire, for instance, right. If I wanted to watch that, mm-hmm. do you go to YouTube or something and just call them up or how, oh, how you, do you get there? You can, but I, the wires on HBO. Yeah, but I don't get HBO. And like I'm saying, the free preview might be up in, in a couple days or whatever. I, I have HBO, so. I mean, I, I watch it on the app or whatever. Okay, I'll come back to the wire. I'm a big John Oliver fan. I'm a big uh, fan of uh, some of their specials and everything, so I was watching that. Yeah, okay. Um, I just, yeah, I got, I got rid of things like years ago and just never got them back. So. Uh, you know what You know what has been on, which which is, if, if you're into this, because ESPN obviously has no programming. They've been putting a lot of 30 for 30s. 30s, yeah. And I actually just... 30 for 30s. For for anybody that hasn't really gotten into them, they're not... Look, some of them have subject matter I don't care about, but most of them are are really, really well done, uh, especially the ones from maybe five, six, seven, eight years ago. And if a lot of them were things I covered, which really gave me an interest in, like Miami football program or uh, the day when OJ was in the Bronco chase and I was with Arnold Palmer at Oakmont and... And things like that, but the thirty for thirty sometimes, especially if you haven't seen them in a while, yeah, they can really be good watching. Um, guy Philly Sports Nut, who's a regular listener to the podcast, best sports movie. Oh boy, I see. Um, most sports movies stink. You know that. I know that. Yeah. You know because they just can't replicate the the athletic. The, the most of the stories get lost because the, the endings are different because they have to you know for a movie. Right. Um, boy, off the top of my head, Hoosiers is pretty good. That's my favorite. Or that's my that's the best one. Yeah, Hoosiers. I, I've heard some people say Hoosiers is hokey. It's still okay. awesome. And, and like again, the basketball sequences in there are you can't replicate that. You no. know, it it just that's the way it is. Um, I always like Tin Cup. I don't know if that. Oh, Mike, a, that's awful. Mike, Tin Cup not, is awful. The ending is awesome. The the some of the scenes in there when 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 what's his name breaking all his clubs. I I, I look. I'm not saying it's up there with Hoosiers, but I thought it had spots in it that were pretty cool, uh, funny, whatever word you want. Yeah, yeah. Did it get a little? Yeah. The, the, the scene where Don Johnson hits the hits the ball down. You know, still going. Yeah, but. Yeah. Uh, and I'm doing this off the top of my head, so you know, don't. All right, now I have. Like, um, uh, while while you're thinking, I'll give you my five. Go ahead. I don't have five off the top of my head, but go ahead. All right. Uh, Hoosiers is number one. Right. The Natural is two. Natural is very good. Yes, I'll, I'm with you there. Okay. Uh, Miracle is very good. Yeah, I just saw that recently. I think too. Is that with Kurt Kurt Russell? Kurt Russell as Herb Brooks. Yeah, that's that's pretty good. Yes. Okay. Um, Caddyshack four. 
I'm I'm a big Caddyshack fan. I don't know. Yeah, that's that's fine. I don't, yeah, uh, and, I'm good. And you could put Major League in there, but I'm gonna go five is Bang the Drum slowly. And I haven't seen Bang the Drum slowly in a long time, and I don't know if I've ever seen it from start to finish. Um, but yeah, I I would not disagree with you. And obviously, Rocky would be in there too. So yeah, yeah, oh, well, yeah. I I mean, look, I loved Rocky. Right. Um, not any not, two was okay. But once they start getting to three and four, and it was a like, um, Creed's had, not bad actually. What's that? Creed is not bad. I didn't see it, so I, I Creed, the first Creed. I haven't seen the second yeah. Creed yet. And Major League, I never really, really saw. I had, I just had one, and I was, I was thinking, and then I, as I was talking to you, um, League of Their Own wasn't horrible. It's not horrible. No, it's pretty good now, actually. Um, but there was one other one that I had, and I now I, I, I when you were mentioning a couple of the movies, and I was thinking. That I forgot, but I'll you know I'll come up with it at some point. But yeah, they're they're all. It's hard to make a good sports movie. It really is because once you get on the field, it's really really hard to 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 do that. You know, even in the natural, some of the stuff was stupid. I mean, you know, where he hits the home run and you know one second later it's off the the, the light standard or whatever. I mean, you know, and it starts raining and thirty seconds later the field's a, a pool. But yeah, but but I'm not saying that that makes the natural not good. No, the natural is very good. Um, there's got to be like a couple of others if I really thought about it. Um, uh, when you said bang the drum slowly, that would, what, what? I can tell you the worst one in my mind, or the most overrated. It's not the worst. The worst is like babe, the babe with John Goodman. That that was awful. I never, I've never really seen that um, start to finish. Um like I said, and there's probably some that I, if I really sat down, like if I'd known I was getting this, the next week, if we do next week, I'm going to go on. Okay. I'm going to go through and come up with a list of mine. Maybe we'll get Mac now on the talk about that. Oh, uh, what's that? Maybe we'll get Mac now on the talk about that. Sure. I mean, they, they did the crazy. They did a book on it. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, and I'm, but I'm the sure. most, the most overrated one, Mike, most overrated. Yeah. Go ahead. Feel the dreams. You know, there's another movie. I, I've seen that. I'm a, I'm one of these guys who sees a lot of things in bits and pieces and never sees like the whole thing, or maybe I see it once. There was parts of that that I liked. Um, and then there was parts I went, okay. You, you know, it wasn't, you know, I wasn't like when it was over, I wasn't like, oh, wow, you know. But I'm telling you, there's some people that have seen Hoosiers and, and have kind of the same reaction. I think sports movies a lot are personal tastes. Yeah, I you would know, agree with that. what you think is good or what you, you – know, like I said, I, I've seen Tin Cup. And I, I don't think Tin – I'm not trying to say it's like, you know, but there's parts of Tin Cup that I really enjoy watching. Mm -hmm. And then there's some parts of it that I'm like, okay, that's, that's and, a little – And you almost have to separate where it's the, the serious movies, like Hoosiers and Miracle sure. and all of them are, are serious – Oh yeah, like I mean, Caddyshack obviously is not serious. And, no, you know, and maybe if I wasn't a golfer, I wouldn't appreciate Caddyshack or Tin Cup or, you know, I, I I mean, and when people try to do serious movies, sports movies, I just think it's really that's why you said Bang the Drum Slowly, which I think is like nineteen seventy one. Yeah, which is, is Tim right, Ma is that Tim Matheson? And I'm trying to no remember. Michael Moriarty, Michael Moriarty, and right. Robert De Niro. And if and, anybody really gets a chance to see that, it, it's really a well done. It's really not. A it's sad. Movie. Yeah, it's, it's sad. Really, it's, it's about sports, but 
it's really a good movie. I'm gonna. That's my my assignment for next week is to go through, and to try to come up with maybe a few others that I've somehow have this like like um what was the one um with um Nick Nolte um about the recruits blue uh, chips blue chips yeah there was parts of blue chips that I thought was yeah they tried to tackle a hard subject and, and but it, it just for me sports movies never come off because once they start doing the actual sports it gets I just clumsy go, nah, nah you know and that's where it loses me um so I guess I have to get past that uh, you know I had another question, and one person who asked us for a request while we're in this laydown, lay if you will, is the it's bring. It's going to be a long laydown, pal. It's going to be. Yep. Somebody requested for us to bring somebody on to talk about the old Prism days. Well, I mean, memories of old Prism, which is funny because I I never got Prism. You know that came that was done before I got cable. Re- so you didn't get cable till like ninety seven. No, well, I got cable like we were the last people in Philadelphia when I lived on Marple Street. We never we didn't get cable when we moved up here to to near Holy Family. Right. They once again, we we didn't have cable, but we were like one of the last people in the city to get it. So I don't remember Prism. Now, maybe it was at that point. I, You know, I don't know if I was watching. So this would have been like uh, late 80s. Um, I still remember when the guy came up to sell it to me. He was a kid I had coached in basketball. Right. Um, I remember going over to Jersey to watch a Flyers playoff game because one of the bars over there had Prism, and it, it, you didn't even get it was all fuzzy and stuff. But Prism to me, like I know Jim Barniak was was you know the pioneer of that, and Larry Rosen. And I never remember my, I never. I don't remember much of Prism. Mark Zumoff was on Prism. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But see, all, what I, my thing just became Philly Sportsnet or whatever. Wasn't there something before? Like, it didn't go right from Prism to Philly Sportsnet. There was a it? sports channel in the middle there. That's probably what I remember yeah. more. I remember, didn't they? Isn't that where they started doing the show with Angelo? Well, pr- that was Prism. Yeah, and see, I, I like I said, I, I don't really remember watching that very much. So, you know, Prism was the okay. only place you could watch a Phillies game until twelve thirty, and then. There was fine, a, fine movies on afterwards, and I'll leave it at that. Yeah, I, I mean, like I said, it's you know, and then when, when obviously when Sportsnet came into being, and then we got the Daily News Live thing, and then that became you know part of my universe. But yeah. um, yeah, it's when you get to be my age, Kevin, you forget some things. You know, sure, there's, there's some things that become foggier. Sure, <laughs> I hear you. And then somebody, and then somebody, like, will say something. Oh yeah. Yeah I, yeah, I remember that. So next week we have Mike Silski lined up. We're hoping to get another guest on who uh, we think is a special one. Um, and I'm not going to say it until we get closer. Um, check your Twitter feeds to, to see. Um, maybe a little baseball talk next week. Let's put it that way. Um, so, and uh, yeah, I, th- I think Major League Baseball now is starting to come to the realization, too. If you listen to what they're saying, you know, originally it was kind of like, yeah, we – May first, you know, no, not even May first for people like practicing for two weeks. I mean, you know, we talk about things that might not. There might not be an All Star game this year. I think it's pretty likely you won't have an All Star game. You could, where's the All Star game this year? Where Los Angeles. Oh, okay. Oh, and 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 so, 
they couldn't just give Los Angeles next year because somebody already has next year, right? I'm assuming. Yeah, but they could back it up to like two years from now. Okay, well maybe they'll do. It. But what they might have to do, maybe, maybe. How about this? How about the All Star Game is the first game back? Like, you know, you you yeah. pick the All Stars from last year or something. You know, whoever, and maybe that could be a good kickoff event that actually people would care about. It you know, could. Uh, I mean, are they going to play exhibition games before they play real games? Do you think? Uh, I don't know. Um, I, I I mean, you don't want a guy busting his Achilles the first game out, right? Because he he didn't have enough practice time. I mean, I I would think they would figure out a way to maybe have a week's worth of Yankees right. playing Phillies, Yankees playing Mets. You know teams like kind of close to you that you could go play like a three game exhibition or something. If you, by the way, if you, if you're wondering 2021, the all-star game has been awarded to Atlanta. So, okay. Yeah. So, okay. Cause they got the new stadium, right? but then you have a gap after that into 2026. So, so, so you could push Atlanta back to 2022 or you could tell LA you get 2022. If I was major league baseball and I don't know what the timeline is going to be here. Fourth of July opening think about doing at some point. Even if you had to switch the date of it, whatever, have the All Star Game be the first game back, and make the rosters like forty man rosters. You know, just have any any star, any any, you know, you have anybody. You know, I mean, uh, obviously Harper would be in the game. He, uh, Riamolto would be in the game, um, and just have it as like the big kickoff event to the baseball season. I think people would really get behind that. See, if, I th- if it's feasible, if it's feasible. I like, would know. personally, if I was Major League Baseball, I would make a big deal about the 4th of July. And I would say that the 4th of July will be a great opening day. Yeah, but maybe you have the All-Star game. like well, July. Maybe you move the date. Maybe you move the date to July 1st. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's... I mean, July 4th, yeah, July 4th, May, I think what they were hoping for was Memorial Day. And you know what? Maybe they still can do Memorial Day. Like, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say they can't. But I think around the holiday, like you're saying, you know, would would, would enhance it. Um, I just don't know. And I think what's good. I think what this is all going to be, and we talked about it a little bit last week. You're going to see a seismic shift, maybe not in baseball necessarily, but I think the NHL and the NBA. We talked about the scheduling and how they've been looking to change in the NBA about maybe going to more of a more against baseball as opposed to football those first couple months. This is the pathway I think you're going to see this happen. And for, yeah, as a just a collateral kind of deal. I think it, it might. With the NHL, I don't think it matters. I, I, I don't see where the NHL shouldn't be playing in August. or, or that, That's my, my thinking. Because the people that follow the NHL are going to follow the NHL. Yeah. The people that don't follow the NHL aren't going to follow the NHL. It don't matter. But you got to be real careful when you start moving your things around. Um, you just have to be careful. The biggest problem in all this, as I see it, is when does somebody say it's okay? Like, we saw the Rudy Gobert thing happen, and then everybody followed suit within, like, six Mm -hmm. hours. So who is going to be the person or the league or the whatever to say, okay, we think we can resume? You almost think think that has to come at this point from the federal government, don't you? I don't know. I, I I would think so, but like I said, so what is going to make the federal gut like, like, you know, because like I said, we've had so many mixed messages in all this. Mm-hmm. So if Donald Trump wants to say on, I don't know, May the 20th, hey, 
because I don't think it's a sports thing. I think he's got to say to America, it's okay to go back being America. Okay. And I don't know when that happens. So does Gary Bettman sit down with, with um, the NBA commissioner and do they make like a, a joint declaration or, or do they operate singularly? I, I don't have the answer to this, Kevin. I don't, you know, these are like, and then you bring the Olympics into it. And then you bring, you know, will we be back to normal in the fall? Will, there be, will the NCAA have fall sports? You know, will the will, will Penn State be going to spring, not spring camp? Will they be going to preseason camp on August the fifth? Yeah, I I don't. I I wish I was that smart. <laughs> I, I you know, and I don't think there's anybody here that can give you an answer. They can give because already the prediction, the original predictions that people were basically making have proved to be wrong yeah. through nobody's fault. You know, it's just that I think our initial mindset was, okay, hunker down for two weeks and the Liberty Bell Diner will be open on March the 31st. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I, well, everyone out. You work in a school. When, you work in a school. When do you think you'll be back in school? I was talking to a teacher of mine today about it or yesterday about it. September. Well, let's say that's true. Sake of argument. Think about what you just said. I mean, that means. Because there's a certain point here where you you run up against the clock. And I agree. Yeah. All right. You pushed it back two weeks. And then the easy pushback is another two weeks because it'll take us past the Easter break. Okay. Right. Well, at that point, if it's peaking as we've heard from, you know, Dr. Fauci and, and all that, um, you're not bringing kids back then. And then you're in the May and what okay. do you, so do see, do you graduate high school seniors? Does everybody just to say, we're all in the same boat. Everybody's moving up. So your fifth graders become sixth graders, even though they missed three or four months. Of school that's way, that's way above my, that's way above my pay grade, but I would agree. Well, I think that's, that's a, I think that's an issue that's going to have to be raised. Absolutely. I don't think you can tell high school seniors you're not graduating. No. You know, because they were planning on graduating, going to college or working or, or whatever it is they were going to do. Some families these are questions some families are going to need that revenue for people who may end up going back into the who may end up going right to the workplace. Exactly. But but I don't I don't think you're wrong about September. I mean, I think that's like kind of a worst case scenario, but I kind of agree with you that on if, if let's say on May first we're sort of okay. You know, we're, we're, we're at the point where we can go back to school. They're not limiting the 50, you know, people, 50, uh, meeting them together because they said two months now, right? So two months would take you middle of May first. No, no. Well, even a little in the May. Okay. What would be the point of bringing kids back unless you were going to make them go all summer? Which I don't think that would would be the only thing I could see is if they said, okay, you missed three months of school, two and a half months of school. Because in a lot of school districts are not equipped to handle summer classes. Oh, my wife has no air conditioning. Right. And I, and I, and, and if, and then that becomes another health hazard. Yes. I, I agree with you. But once again, these are questions we haven't even thought of. And then there's also questions like we live in a big city, big Mm -hmm. metropolitan area, obviously lots of people. What if you live in a little town in the middle of Pennsylvania? Your your needs and wants and 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 fears are probably different than mine. Mm-hmm. 
you know, and and um, it's going to be – well, I mean, I'm old enough, but, I mean, there's like 25, 30-year-old people now that will be sitting there 20 years from now telling people, yeah, remember when – and hopefully we won't have to do anything like this anytime again anytime soon. No. But, you know, we, we – you know, your generation, not so much mine, but a little bit of mine, 9-11 will be your, your, your moment. That's, you know, like your father – your, was World War Two was his you know, Japanese, well my my father was was the JFK assassination okay well that too right that, that yeah I mean but we have these moments mm-hmm. where you know um yeah and for people that aren't as old as us or old as me or well and I understand th- if JFK hadn't gotten assassinated the world might have been a different place we don't know right and you know, you mentioned about nine eleven. I mean, for my generation, you know, and I'm in my mid forties. I mean, we've gone through this and nine eleven, and I think you kind of look and go, Whew, you know, <laughs> like when do we take and the housing crisis? Yeah, you know, and, and, and but see, you're young enough that you're probably going to go through something else. Oh, sure. I may or I may not. But you know, I also look at something you know, or, two, and, or two somethings. And as I mentioned on Twitter. I mean, you know, my grandparents went through a depression in World War II within 15 yeah. years. And, you know, I mean, rationing. My, and, up, my dad grew up in a family of eight with no father. That's what he was the youngest. I, I got to say, they, that, that's what they p- were poor. That's what pissed me off the other night. And, and I'll, I'll say directly before we go. You know, I'm, I'm Irish. Okay. St. Patrick's Day is associated with my you know, my people and for a bunch of 20 year olds to go out and pack bars when everybody knows there's this health emergency and like this feeling of, no, it's it just so stupid. Like, Kevin, but they don't know. I know it's, we're sitting here. You're, you're older. I'm really older. It was like those pictures from Tennessee that they were showing. People were going to bars and it was all 20, 30 year old, whatever, for the most part. Because they just don't know. Or the people on Clearwater and, Beach. I know. But they just, because they don't see it as a threat. And if I was a 25-year-old kid, maybe I would see it the same way, whether it's right or wrong. I had people the other day. I was up before they shut everything down. I was at the, I was at the diner having breakfast. Mm-hmm. And one of the, the people there said, this is a big conspiracy. They just want to kill. And I'm, I'm, I'm not making this up. This is... They they wanted they wanted to kill off older people and this is how they're going to do it and I'm like, okay, I went up to the gym to get my final walk in, and a guy there who's pretty pretty knowledgeable guy he's not stupid he's not whatever said I don't understand there's only been a hundred people te- uh, tested positive two people have died why are we shutting down and I looked at him I said well because they don't want to get it to two hundred thousand and, and yeah. People until it impacts you. I, I said this before. They, they it just it's it's. And I gotta be honest, Kevin. If I was living in Montana somewhere, I'd be in a one town of a yeah. hundred. Maybe I would sit there and go, "Really? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm doing all. I, I don't know. It's you know. Well, when you find out that one of your family members has it, yep, or that somebody you know, God forbid, died from it, you know." Well. And, and then, think, then and you change. Think of it this way too, um, you know, and and, and it, it's just one of those things. It's you feel for you feel for people who, you know, like 
who are going through this, and even if you're not directly affected by it, but like, let me give an example. You know, we both live near Givnish Funeral Home. Okay. Yep. And there was supposed to be a funeral on Thursday of uh, Corporal uh, O'Connor, mm-hmm. who graduated from Roman Catholic, or I'm sorry, from North Catholic, North. same year that I did from Father Judge. And uh, tomorrow was supposed to be his funeral, and now he can't have it, and the family can't have that closure at least because of all of this. And well, they will have it. It's the people like you and me or people, that, the other officers. Right. Those people won't, won't have it. And, but, um, but if I'm the family, I got to understand that. I, I got to understand that I can't have a large scale funeral people right. show up because what if they get sick? Yeah. I, it, it, but that, that's just, you know, that yeah. highlights how awful yeah. this has become. But, you know, people, it, 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 this is going to sound really stupid, but because people die of cancer every day, I've got diabetes. Mm-hmm. Who the hell knows what that's going to do to me at some point? We all have things to deal with. Maybe you have heart disease. Maybe you have asthma. Maybe you have whatever. Um, let's say for the sake of argument, I'll throw out a goofy number. 50,000 people die of this. Mm-hmm. When, and this is what I think the guy at the gym was trying to say to me, but he wasn't saying it right. In this game, how many people live in, in the United States now? What, what are we up to? 350 million. Okay. Well, that's a relatively low number. By and people, no, no, I, right. I'm, I'm just, but I'm saying people will make the argument with you that this many people die of the flu every year. And I don't have an answer for them except to say, well, this seems like it's stronger than the flu. That's my only retort. But that's their answer. And that's the thinking for a lot of people is why are we making such a big deal out of this? Well, and I think when also it's not affecting right. anybody but older people for the most part. And but it the can, death rate but it, is relatively but, small. But okay. younger people younger people can be carriers and affect older people. I know that. Oh, I'm just you saying. And there but has been so much misinformation in this whole thing. And, 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 you know, that's a, that's a story. My is until they're sick. Right. You know, until you take a 25-year, and they, they, there have been some cases of younger people who have actually gotten sick. Right. But until you take that 25-year-old person, and I'm not they're trying not gonna, to bash on 25-year-old people. Right. Me, but until you take that person and have him go through a 14-day quarantine where he's coughing or whatever, or take him one other step until one of those 25-year-old people actually dies right? because they had this, they're, they're going to look at you like, hey, you know, why? Why am I going through all this when it's not really going to affect me? And until that mindset changes, yeah, I, and some people it will never change. And and if, if nothing happens to those people, and, and that one of my fears in all this is, let's say what we're trying to do now actually works, mm-hmm. okay? And we do minimize it, whatever that means. Yeah. And two or three months from now, we, 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 we're we kind of out of it. And we say, well, it only affected this many people. People are going to look at you and, and they're going to say, see that? I told you. It wasn't that big of a deal. Why do people go? You know, that that's going to be the mentality. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I, look, I, it's, and it's going to, and the more we talk about it, it's going to, the more frustrating it's going to get because your daily routine has been changed Yeah. and it won't be forever. But part of this is going to linger. There's going to be parts of this, whether it's somebody telling me avoid crowds sometimes if you can. I mean, I know. yeah. But does that mean we're not people aren't going to go to Eagles games or Phillies games or 
No. Yeah, it doesn't mean that. You're going to go back to Applebee's and have dinner, or you're going to go, you're, people are going to have, people are going to have weddings that maybe aren't having weddings now. And, um, yeah, well, buddy gonna, of it's, it's going it's going to be tough. Look, buddy of ours, Josh Verlin. Um, oh, don't tell me. Well, no, Josh. Josh is scheduled to have a wedding in nine weeks. Oh, that's yeah, and, and, and he's you know the F, you know the CDC recommendation is eight weeks, and you know that's. And so here's what I would say to Josh, and I love Josh. Josh, is a good guy. Mm-hmm. If the worst thing that happens in his life is having to is push that, a wedding back, let's or, say they don't have the or or either or you push it back. Right. You, you know, you do it. But I'm just saying, it's a lot better than Josh going through a health scare yeah. or some or somebody he knows going through the health scare. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, I always put it in those terms. If the worst thing that happens to Mike Kern today is he didn't get to go down to the diner and have his breakfast, you know what? It's not Mike too bad. Mike Kern's not having a horrible, or worse is that Mike runs out of toilet paper in two weeks. Um, which oh, I that's a crisis. There are no crises. Until somebody walks in and says, "Mike, you, you got you got the big C and you got like uh, six weeks to live," yeah. that that's crisis. And then this is sp- being spoken as a diabetic who technically has a disease that's going to kill him. Yep. Even, you know. So now that I've thoroughly well, uh, how did you en- how did you enjoy the uh, the uh, social distancing version of this? It was fine. I would rather come up and be with you, but this is fine. Yeah. As long as you can make it work. Yeah, and I think I think it went well. So I mean a couple you know, I, I, I don't look, you may get infected or I may get infected. I can't promise you, but I felt safe coming up to your house. I know, but also the house is a bit of a mess right now. So obviously with I, we're all kinda here and we're all next kinda, time that bothers me, you let me know. I know. But this is fine. We'll we'll do it like this. We'll do it like this. So next Wednesday we're back on here. Uh, we will uh, get everything back together and uh, try it again. Uh, hopefully we have better news next week. Uh, you know, obviously we won't. We won't. But hopefully, but that's okay. Yeah. Just keep a good thought. Everyone, stay inside. Everyone, stay quarantined. You know, don't get yourself sick. And we'll hope we'll hear you again next week. For Mike Kern, I'm Kevin Cooney. This has been Work on the Beat. Okay, babe, good.